Hello, everyone. Welcome to a fresh episode of Ask the Pediatrician. And today we're going to be talking about something very important as it relates to the health of our children. I hope you've been learning on this platform. And so today we're going to be talking about colds and calls. Before we go into the main topic, I just want to especially welcome everyone that are listening to me or that are watching me uh, either live on the Facebook pages or YouTube channel or you're listening on Fresh Waves Radio or the podcast, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this program has been brought to you by Axe Pediatricians Foundation. Axe Pediatricians Foundation is committed to the health and welfare of children globally. And our goal is to see that no child die from preventable causes of death. And we do that through health education and information. So we'd like to talk about important topics as it relates to the health of our children. If you have any questions, feel free to send it to us via email or to the Fresh Waves Radio WhatsApp number, and we will try and address them in subsequent episodes. And remember that if you have questions that cannot wait, you can always go to Ask the Pediatrician's Facebook group, and you can always ask your questions on our platform from Monday to Saturday, and our health professionals will be there to provide the answers for you. Feel free to subscribe and to share the page and the podcast with friends, and help falls in our mission to see that no child should die from things that are preventable in children. So once again, I really want to thank you. My name is Bimisela Boyde. I'm a pediatrician and I'll be your host for today. Thank you so much for joining me. All right, so we're going to just go straight into the topic of colds and coughs. Obviously, these are very important uh, conditions that are very common in children. I'm sure almost every mother or father that are listening to me must have had their children have either colds or coughs as, as one point in time or the other. It is also one of those areas that parents tend to ask us lots of questions and what they can do uh, when their children have colds and coughs. But first, what's, what are colds, what are coughs? Because these are terms people use, and I decided to use those terms as parents normally use them. Uh, those are not the uh, technically the right way to call it medically. Okay, so Parents tend to use the word cause when children have like runny nose or nasal discharge, and then they say, Oh, the child has colds, which is really unfortunate because the child actually is not feeling cold, but it's just something many of us are used to saying. And people talk about cough when the children are really uh, coughing out and you know, trying to clear their hairway and making lots of noises. So people refer to that as cough. So Usually, most of the time, they tend to go together. So the colds or the runny nose or the cutter, depending on whichever terminology you are familiar with, handcuffs tends to go together, and they are quite common uh, presentation in children. However, what is common to both of them is that most of the time, they actually due to what we call 
viral infections or upper respiratory tract infection. Or sometimes your doctor may call it acute uh, respiratory infections, but they are all referring more or less to the same thing. And the good thing about colds and coughs is that most of the time they are caused by viruses. Uh, viruses are like small germs that we cannot see with our naked eyes, but when children are exposed to them, uh, they can lead to acute respiratory infections, and this tends to manifest as colds, um, in which case the child have a runny nose, and as signs the child also cough. And in some cases, children may also have low fever, and they may also be sneezing, they may also complain of their throat being itchy, and some of them may have like mild headaches for those who are able to tell us or some may even complain of like muscle aches and all that these are all things that children can have when they have acute respiratory tract infections now what is the way forward most coughs and colds in children because their viruses induced tend to resolve on their own will without much treatment. So most of the time you don't need to use any form of treatment like antibiotics, which is what sometimes, unfortunately, parents tend to run into and use. Uh, rather such, you should just have left the children alone. Uh, what we need to do most in such instances is to give them water, lots of fluids, and also to keep them Warm. For children that have mild fever, you can give them paracetamol, but they don't need any form of antibiotics. Um, however, parents also want to know what should you do if it appears as if the colds are not going away or there are other symptoms coming up. And usually, like I said, most colds and cough because they are due to viral infection resolve spontaneously. However, there are some signs you should watch out for. And if those signs are present, then you may need to do more. Usually, for example, if you start to begin to have very high fever, uh, then that means it may not just be viral infection. So it starts, it may have started as that, but it is now becoming more serious and you may need to take the child to the hospital. Or if a child is not having difficulty with breathing, so there are some viral infections that can actually cause the child to breathe very fast or to breathe with so much difficulty. So if that is happening, then such children also may need to be taken to the hospital. But if the child is otherwise well, apart from the nose that are running, apart from the occasional calves, then there's really nothing to do than to watch and wait for it to resolve by itself. Uh, colds and cough tends also occur in certain seasons. So there are seasons for us in Africa, Nigeria specifically, we tend to have it more during our rainy season uh, when the weather is a little cold. And so what we need to do is to make sure during those periods we keep our children extra warm. Let's make sure that they wear uh, warm clothing. Let's make sure that they eat well. They take lots of fruits and vegetables so that their immune system is boosted and 
the immune system is able on its own to handle these viruses when they come. And that is what we can do in sense of prevention. Now, another question parents tend to ask us about cubs and cold is whether do you give some over-the-counter cold medication or a cup syrup and all that. Uh, generally, as pediatricians, we don't want, we don't usually recommend cup syrup because cough is actually not an enemy. Cough is actually a protective reflex. So cough is just the body trying to clear out the uh, irritation or whatever is foreign in the truth. And so cough is actually a very protective re reflex. It is only when the cough becomes so repetitive and so irritating that it becomes uh, something that uh, we all obviously do not find comfortable. Even the children don't find them comfortable. Um, but the solution is to address the underlying cause of the cough itself and not just to go for cough syrup, which is to kind of suppress the cough. Because the challenge with suppressing the cough is if there are other serious things ongoing, we may mix it because the child is not coughing. For example, uh, I will go further to talk about other things that can make children to cough, apart from the colds and cough, which we have talked about, which is due to viral infections. So there are other reasons why children may be coughing. And if we suppress the cough, we may mix those important signs that should have made us to seek help on time. And so that is why we usually don't recommend cough syrup, especially in children below the age of two who are not able to talk and able to tell us how they are feeling. Another reason why we don't like cough syrup in this age group is the fact that it can also, most of the medications that people sell as cough syrup, it's actually, it can actually depress the breathing or the respiration of the child, make the children feel drowsy, and this can be very dangerous. So um, we, children, are, um, they really need to be breathing <laughs> through their mouth, um, through their nose. So if they are ill and something is suppressing their breathing, it can be dangerous because when children have... Um, cardiac arrest and all that, it is their respiration that stops first rather than their hearts. It's a little bit opposite from that of heart. So respiration, breathing is very crucial in children. And so we don't want anything that can depress their breathing, especially if they're having respiratory tract infection. And most of this cough syrup tends to do that. Again, most of the cough syrup are meant to be expectorants, which means they make you to cough out something. Unfortunately, uh, or well, fortunately, children sometimes don't have what we call a productive cough. They usually tend to produce sputum anyway, or even if they do, they tend to swallow it. So giving them cough syrup that are mostly expectorants is not really helpful for them. So we generally try to avoid um, cough syrup, especially in children who are still very young infants, children who are like two years old and below. And some of these cough syrup also have very serious side effects that we don't want 
uh, our children to have. So if children are coughing, having colds, no fever, nothing else, then there's really no specific treatment. What we just need to do is to watch and wait for them to resolve on their own, give them lots of fluids, give them lots of water, it can be warm fluids, and then let's make sure that if they have mild fever, we give them something like paracetamol to reduce it, and then we just uh, wash. We should also make sure they wash their hands frequently, and if you may want to keep children who have colds and cough away from school because it's because they are very infectious. When children go with other children and they mix with them, they cough and you know they sneeze out, they can easily transfer the viruses to other children as well. And that means that other children can also begin to cough and to have the cause, and then it becomes a vicious, a, a vicious cycle. That's what I want to say, and which means um, other children will begin to also have colds and cough. And then by the time your child is better, another child is still having, then they can infect each other. I know it's not easy for parents because most of you have to go to work and you don't have a nanny, you don't have childcare, and so even when your children are sick, and they have viral respiratory infections, you still want them to go to the child care center or school. However, this is actually not advisable. It is advisable that such children should stay home until they are fully recovered. That is what we address. But the good news is that usually such recovery should not take time. It should happen in another uh, 10 to 14 days. We should also teach our children good respiratory hygiene. So when they cough, they can cough into their elbow or they can sneeze or cough into like tissues and then they should dispose of them carefully and then they should wash their hands. So that is how to handle most colds and cough. Now let's leave colds and cough. Let's talk about just cough on its own. Because sometimes I hear a lot of questions. Uh, we read a lot of questions of, from parents talking about their children who have been coughing for months, coughing for weeks, and all that. Uh, the first parts of this broadcast, I'm talking about colds and cough, and I've described that when they occur in that combination, it tends to be what we call acute respiratory infections, which are mostly due to viruses and which usually will resolve on its own. However, if a child is coughing for other reasons, especially if the cough is going on for too long, we may need to know whether there are other things happening. And one of the things, uh, or one of other conditions in which children can cough for so, can cough seriously is, and which is of serious importance to us as pediatricians is when children have pneumonia. Uh, pneumonia is also one of the killer diseases of children. Just like diarrhea we talked about the last time, uh, pneumonia is also one of the top five killer diseases of children. And um, it is important that we pick it up early because it's a condition that should not kill our children if it is diagnosed and treated properly. Unfortunately, children still die from pneumonia because parents or caregivers miss out on the signs. 
of a child who is having pneumonia. Now, what is that sign or what are those signs that we should watch out for? If your child is coughing and have fast breathing, you know, so when I was talking about the cough and colds of acute respiratory tract infection, most of the time the children, apart from the runny nose and the cough, there's nothing else. But if the child starts to breathe fast while coughing, then that child may have pneumonia. And it is one of those signs that means you need to take the child to the hospital. I know children normally breathe faster than adults, uh, but breathing usually is effortless. Most times you don't, you are not aware. You are not even conscious of the fact that you are breathing right now. You are not even conscious that your child is breathing. I mean, it's just something so noiseless, effortless. But also start noticing that a child is breathing with force or a child is breathing with difficulties. Uh, that child may have pneumonia. And it's one of those reasons when we need to go to the hospital. Uh, how do you know a child is breathing with difficulties? Um, if a child is breathing and you can see the uh, the spaces around the neck going inside, you know, like uh, this depression, you can see all the muscles as if something is pushing them inside. Or even if you look along the lines of the ribs, you can see that they are pushed inside then um, that those are signs of respiratory distress. Or if you can see the nose as if they are flaring, they are moving, howls, you know, or you, you can hear the child even, you can hear like the child is breathing with some force. You can, you know, if you notice, if you ever seen a child uh, breathe that way, you will know. I will recommend that you watch on our YouTube or you watch on YouTube or even on our Facebook group, sometimes parents send us some of those videos and uh, it's very instructive. And I think uh, the pneumonia, what pneumonia there and all that, they also have some of those videos on their website that you can watch. It's very important for you to recognize. So sometimes I see parents send me those videos and I'm like, you have to go to the hospital now because your child is breathing with so much difficulties and your child is breathing very fast. So a child is breathing with so much difficulties, breathing very fast in addition to cough. And sometimes with fevers, most of the time they also have fever, which is high grade. That may be a sign of a child who has pneumonia. And that child needs to be taken to the hospital immediately because pneumonia usually will require, if it's the early phase, you know, sometimes we just treat with oral antibiotics. But if the child is already having very serious, severe pneumonia, the child may require not only oral medication, the child may require intravenous antibiotics. We may need to give oxygen and all that. So when children are having colds and cough, one of our worries as pediatricians is to be sure that they are not having pneumonia because cough and colds in the nose and the upper part of the airways, uh, we don't worry so much about them. We know that most of them are due to viruses and we know they need they are going to resolve. But when children have pneumonia, it is not in the upper airway. It is actually in what we call the lower 
here we and that is in the lungs and that is very important because what happens in pneumonia is that the pores the infection is filling the lungs and it, it makes the lung to become solid and the children you know start to struggle to breathe and when children have fast difficulty with breathing after a while they can get tired of breathing and when they get tired, they have what we call respiratory failure. And if that happens, then the child will likely die. So we don't want children to go to that phase when they get tired of breathing. After they breathe so fast, then they start getting tired of breathing. And then that is not good because that is close to the child going. So we want to make sure that the children are picked up on time. So this is why I'm trying to tell you, if your child is having cough and is having those additional signs of fast breathing, difficulty with breathing, please do not delay. Do not give them cough syrup. That is not a cough syrup kind of cough and fast breathing that is a kind that is a case of hospital admit going to hospital immediately for proper evaluation by healthcare professionals and so that they can be treated and they don't become part of our children that we lose every year due to pneumonia and the only reason why we're losing these children from pneumonia is because either parents caregivers are missing those signs of uh, pneumonia and they are not coming to the hospital on time. There are things we can do to prevent pneumonia. One, uh, breastfeeding, exclusive breastfeeding. It's one of the reasons we preach the gospel of exclusive breastfeeding. It's really for children in the first six months of life. Breastfeeding them exclusively will stop them from having pneumonia. Two, we should avoid children being exposed to cigarette smoke or smoke from generators, uh, firewood, uh, even our kerosene stove and all that. We should avoid all those fumes when we fry our oil. It is of us in Africa where we like to fry our palm oil. All those smokes, it irritates their hairway and it makes it easy for them to be susceptible to infection. So parents, please do not smoke. Do not smoke near children. And in fact, it's also good for your own health if you don't smoke, but it's also good for our children so that they are not secondary smokers uh, because that will predispose them to pneumonia. And so that is number two. Number three is obviously uh, immunization. We've talked about immunization and vaccines before. And one of those conditions that vaccines protect against is pneumonia. So we want our children to be protected against pneumonia through immunization. Vaccines that will protect against pneumonia include um pneumococcal vaccine. I mean, it protects against strep pneumonia bacteria, which is one of the costs, uh, one of the top causes of pneumonia in children. We also have the H influenza type B vaccine. H influenza type B vaccine will also protect against pneumonia due to H influenza. We also have measles vaccine. Measles vaccine actually protects against pneumonia. It can be actually caused by measles as well, even though it's a virus. Virus also causes pneumonia. Um, it is not only bacteria. And measles vaccine, we protect our children. Of course, we don't have 
vaccines against all the possible uh, causes of pneumonia. But at least we have against these very common ones, the strep pneumonia, the H influenza, the measles. At least if we can take care of those ones and then we support with other preventive strategies like exclusive breastfeeding, good nutrition, making sure our children eat good food and rich in fruits and vegetables. And of course, we make sure that they are not exposed to fumes and uh, smokes and cigarette smokes and stuff like that. Then we can protect our children from pneumonia. So one of the other things that can lead to cause coughs in children is pneumonia. Now, there are other conditions that can also cause cough in children. Actually, cough is a symptom that you can see in many, many conditions, not only with respiratory parts of the body, even the uh, the heart. If there are problems with the heart, it can also cause cough. So it is not just only when we say cough, it doesn't only mean respiratory issues. But of course, we start with respiratory, the lungs and all that. Because those are the most common ones. All right. So if cough is going on for more than two weeks, we call it chronic cough. So a child should not be coughing for two weeks more than two weeks. So uh, like the acute respiratory tract infection I mentioned, most of them within seven to 14 days, they should stop. Even pneumonia, of course, pneumonia is something that if you don't treat it on time, it goes to the other hand very quickly. So we should pick it up and once we treat it, it should go. But parents complain of children coughing on and on. If a child is coughing on and on without fever or a cough that happens only at a certain time of the day, some parents will talk about the cough is worse at night, we need to look for other causes. And one of those things we, also, we actually look out for is what we call bronchial asthma or asthma. People tend to just use the word asthma. And children can also have asthma and they can have it from even very young, even as low as age one year, they can have asthma. And uh, it's important for us to recognize that. And um, especially if there's a family history, uh, that either in, on the mother's side of the family, on the father's side of the family, there are either the mother or other uh, people have asthma. Uh, they can make the children to have asthma as well. Uh, so it's something that can be genetic. So if your child is the child that is always coughing only, maybe only at night, or maybe coughing, you know, cough very you know, often, and it's ongoing for more than two weeks, um, and usually sometimes some children, when they are doing that kind of long cough, they also wheeze. They have this wheezing sound. I mean, May is coming and we're going to have another uh, asthma week. And I guess we'll have something to talk again about asthma. But I just want to address it under this topic of coughs. That if your child is coughing for more than two weeks, or when the child is coughing, the child also wheezes, then the child may have uh, bronchial asthma. Uh, that has to be diagnosed by a pediatrician. Uh, there are ways we make such diagnosis. Sometimes some children come to us 
uh, in uh, when they have the asthma attacks. So they are breathing very fast. And usually when we pick our stethoscope and we listen to the chest of the children, we hear all those wheezing sounds, like musical, like wheezes. You know, you hear them like just crackling. You know, you hear those sounds. And usually what we do is that we give them something to... Because what happening, what is happening in asthma is that the hairway is becoming narrow, but it's something reversible. So it's, it becomes narrow, but when we give what we call bronchodilators, an example of which is like our uh, Ventolin or Sabutamol, it will expand the hairway and the hair can flow freely and the children will be fine so uh, that's the thing about asthma it's a reversible obstruction of the hairway of the lower hairway and that's um, is something that when you now give bronchodilator it's a reverse but one of the signs we can also have from asthma is that cough it's really when they cough a lot at night and they cough a lot and they cough for weeks um then you should know that there may be something more than just a respiratory infection and so you need to see your pediatrician especially if they also cough you treat it then they come back against you know they're having covered and half and all that it, it's recurrent so that may also be another sign of a child with bronchial asthma so for those who are just joining us welcome we're still talking about colds and cough in children and we've talked about the acute respiratory infections which is a common one that most of us are familiar with with the cool with the cold with the cancer running nose and coughs then we've talked about pneumonia uh, which tends to happen with fever with fast breathing and difficulty with breathing and then i just talked about bronchial asthma in children uh, which is also one of the things that can cause cough that is possible persistent or recurrent. Usually for asthma, the children don't have fever, they are well, but they tend to cough a lot. And sometimes they cough mostly in the night and, and they have okay in the morning. So sometimes maybe whatever is retasting them happens in the night. Some of them also wheeze, you know, they, they are wheezing, they are making those sounds. I'm finding it difficult to make the sound myself. I would have demonstrated it, but I'm sure if you have seen somebody who is having an asthmatic attack, you will see how it's going on. And usually when they go to the hospital and we give them medications, we usually we nebulize them or give them some inhaler, something that will expand the hairway and they recover fully well. So, but one thing we have is that if depending on how severe it is, some children have what we call chronic persistent asthma, they will have to be on medications every day you know to what we call preventive medication so that it's not every time they have attack so when they have attack we give them something to relieve the attack and all that but to prevent it from happening some children or even adults may have to be on medication that they take every day to keep their hairway uh not always be having that uh, what we call inflammation and all those things that is causing the asthma so if your child is the key message i really want to pass on is your child is having cough on and off on and off going on for weeks consider the possibility 
of bronchial asthma and see a pediatrician. Again, this has to be diagnosed by a pediatrician. Please don't self-diagnose your children. Uh, another condition I really want to talk about when it comes to cough that is going on for too long. Like remember what I said about cough more than two weeks, we call it chronic cough. Any cough going more than two weeks again, another cause we need to exclude his tuberculosis, you know, tuberculosis that is causing pneumonia. So pneumonia can also be caused by tuberculosis as well. Um, and one of the distinguishing features of this, in addition to the cough, is the weight loss. So children who have tuberculosis will be losing weight. Uh, children usually don't cough out the blood and all those things that adults do. Uh, so you will rarely see a child covers blood. It can happen, but it's not very common in children. Um, children don't tend to cover blood when they have tuberculosis. But the thing that you will see with that is that the cough is ongoing for long and the child is losing weight. And so usually when children have cough for too long and you come to the hospital, we like to do chest x-ray because when we do chest x-ray, we can see what is really going on in the lungs. So if you, if you do a chest x-ray in a child who has bronchial asthma, the child has been having chronic cough, but the chest x-ray will be normal. There will be nothing or it may look what we call hyperinflated. But for children with uh, uh, tuberculosis, we may find something in the chest x-ray that may be a pointer for us. You know, sometimes we may not see as well, but sometimes we may see things there. Um, but like I said, one of the key features we tend to see in such children, in addition to the cough, is the weight loss. And that is why it's important for your children to take BCG because it will protect them against tuberculosis and pneumonia or all other form of severe tuberculosis. So those are the things that we need to exclude. So it is not it is not enough for us to just be giving children cough syrup, cough syrup when they are coughing. It is more important to know why they are coughing. And so I've given us at least four things we should consider if the cough is less than two weeks without fever, running nose, all those things, maybe acute respiratory infection. The child has a cough less than two weeks with high temperature, fever, fast breathing, difficulty with breathing. You may think about pneumonia. You have to go to the hospital. Cough that is longer than two weeks in a child tends to happen at a certain time of the day or night. Um, and if they associated wheezing, you may also consider things like bronchial asthma. The cough is long for two, more than two weeks. Child is losing weight, and other other you know, child is just not well. You may also consider tuberculosis. So these are things that can cause chronic cough in children. Again, remember there are other things like if a child has a hole in the heart as well, that also can cause uh, children to cough. Uh, such children also may lose weight, and such children um, they 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 may have difficulty with feeding and all that. Usually, we tend to pick up those children earlier because when they come to the hospital, we listen to their chest or their hearts. We may pick up the signs of a, a what we call a murmur 
or sign that there's a hole in the heart. So sometimes when we do the x-ray, we'll see that the heart is looking bigger or there's something wrong with the heart. So we have to do an echocardiography to look to scan the heart to see how it is. So it is the job of the pediatrician. I just want to say for us as parents, if your cough is going on for too long, and please don't just keep giving cough syrup. You should kindly see your doctors and let them tell you what to do. All right. So today I'm just going to take um, a few questions that I've seen here. Uh, the parents have asked about cough and what should they do for that. Now, somebody is saying the son of three months has been having catch up over a month. Uh, they've been to the doctor, the doctor have given vitamin C. Okay, I didn't talk about the runny nose going on for more than two weeks and all that. I only talk about cough going on for longer. Actually, it's the, the colds, so what people call catar uh, or the runny nose can actually go on for long. And if that is happening for too long, the child is always having runny nose, the nose is always wet, the child is always sneezing. Um, we will consider things we call uh, allergic rhinitis, uh, which is one of the conditions that can make children also have runny nose for too long. Of course, sometimes some children also put things in their nose and they, have, they can stuff beans or stuff what we call foreign bodies in their nose. And when that happens, uh, the children may have nasal discharge for too long. Uh, the difference between the two is that for children who have allergic rhinitis or a kind of allergic kind of running nose, it, the, the discharge is clear. It is like water. It is not any other color. It's water, and they tend to sneeze along with it as well. So that is a different one. But for children that have put something else in their nose, like beans or razor, <laughs> children just try all these things, and that's why we should never leave our toddlers unsupervised. They always try to do some of these things in behind us before you know it. The discharge that will be coming from the nose of such children uh, is, is foul smelling. And it will be like uh, pus. It may be yellow, it may be greenish, and it will, but it will be smelling. So you know that there's something that initially for such children, they have to see the ENT doctors, the hair, nose, and throats doctors. And it's the job of the hair, nose, and throat doctors to look into the nose with a special instrument and try and bring out whatever is there. I just want to encourage us as parents never to try to take out things from the nose of children if they have stuck something there because when you are trying to do that, you can actually make it go more inside. And the nose is actually sitting, the brain is sitting on top of the nose. So we don't joke around the nose at all because anything that happens around that area is straight straight onto the brain. And we don't want to joke around with the brain. So we're conscious of that. So if you see anything, the children have put anything in their nose, don't be the doctor. Take them to the hospital. The ENT doctors have very special instruments. Sometimes they have themselves have to put the children to sleep to get out that foreign body, but they know how to do it. They know the tricks. So don't try and do it because you may go make it go further in. But if a child is having recurrent allergic 
rhinitis. You also need to see the ENT doctors. Sometimes they may have to give some medications that can help uh, reduce the allergic uh, response. Uh, sometimes we just watch and wait for it to resolve by itself. So those are the conditions in which children can have what we would call like persistent or chronic um, uh, nasal discharge or rhinitis or cough. Then somebody's asking that the child's nose is always blocked. Okay, this is a different scenario. So sometimes uh, parents have, children have colds and something is flowing out, so they have the discharge. But sometimes it's as if the nose is blocked and they, they are trying to sneeze to get out something. If you look into their nose and you actually see that there's like thick mucus there that they cannot sneeze out, they cannot blow it out. What you need to do, you can put what we call normal saline drops. It's just like salt and water, really, but it's, it's prepared in the lab, so it is clean and sterile. So you can buy it in the shops, in the pharmacy stores, and you can drop one drop in their nose. The idea is that it will soften. You don't need a prescription to buy the saline drops. It, it will soften the mucus in the nose, and it will make it run out, and the children will be able to blow uh, uh, the nose will be to the the discharge will flow out readily and you can clean it. Please do not suck on the children's nose with your mouth. We don't recommend that because in the process of doing that, you can introduce more germs. There are a lot of germs in our mouths. It doesn't disturb us much. But when they go to wrong places, they can cause harm. And so parents are fond of, oh, I'm going to suck up my baby's nose and all that. We don't recommend you using your mouth to do that. You can just put saline drops in the nose. It will soften the mucus. It will flow house and you can clean it. Okay, some people also sell like bob syringe, like something you can use to suction the nose out. It's also available, but usually the saline drops work most of the time just apply you can do it three times a day within one or two days it will soften the mucus and the the cutter will flow out uh regularly so i hope that is helpful uh some are asking about uh stimulate i mean steam inhalation which is another thing i need to address because um uh, steam inhalation you need to be very careful as parents uh, because in the process of the steam inhalation a lot of children have ended up with hot water bonds um so it's possible avoid it but if you think you it will help. Sometimes it helps, no doubt about that. You just can put the the hot water in one corner of your room. You put in maybe a few drops of your eucalyptus oil and let the steam come and meet you where the baby or the child is. Avoid putting the hot water close to the children because, you know, children sometimes they wriggle a lot and they're very active. And some children may end up with hot water bonds. I know you adults, you know how to do it easily. But like I said, most children don't require all that. And I personally don't recommend it because uh, for very young children, because of the risk of the hot water bones. All right. So let's take another question. A three-year-old is snoring. He's snoring. The mouth is open. The breathing was fast. I have used hot water and rub. And 
what's but nothing is working what can i do okay so um if a child is snoring and having difficulty with breathing you know that child most likely have an obstruction in the airway there are many things that can cause the obstruction but the commonest one is what we call the adenoids uh, the adenoids are normal structures in the body uh, but when they get big they can make it difficult for hair to go down and that may cause what we call hairway obstruction and so you see a lot of snoring mouth breathing and all that the solution is to take the child to the hospital it is not a rubbing rub or putting hot water kind of scenario this child needs to see a doctor sometimes maybe because there's now an infection and that needs to be treated or it may be that the surgeons just have to go and remove that uh, enlarged adenoids. But you have to go to the hospital first, then they'll be able to advise you on what to do, all right? Um, the next question I will answer here is, say, my baby is two years old. She had colds, which I've been treating. Whenever she comes, she vomits food. Uh, what can I do? Yeah, this is a very good question, which I didn't address. Some children, when they have the cough, it has become so bad and they vomit. And uh, there are, there's a condition we worry in children when they do that. So we want to worry that children don't have whooping cough and pertussis. But luckily for us, thank God for immunization, we don't tend to have lots of that anymore so some children's cough are so bad and it makes them you know it's it's, it's it is those useless cough you know we call them useless cough because they the child just cough 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 but there's really nothing coming out and it, it gets to the point that the children feel like they just have to vomit something um so what we normally do in such instances if the child is that is older sometimes we have something we can give to suit uh, the cough for them as well. Um, uh, but the most important thing is that if the child has vomited, let the child take a breakfast, then you give them food later. Preferably give them something light, soft, uh, when they're eating, preferably fluids more. And as they, as we treat the underlying cause of the cough, the cough itself will get better. And then hopefully the children will not vomit. But if the child is always coughing and vomiting, coughing and vomiting, you and the child is not able to keep down any food or anything, then you will really need to take that kind of a child to the hospital uh, for further management. I hope that is helpful. Okay, the next question is a child who is having stuffy nose at night and developing coughs, but not so much. Uh, should I be worried? Okay, so if a child is also having stuffy nose at night, the first question I want to know is what is the ventilation of your room like? Because a lot of parents, you know, at night, close our windows, close the door, close everywhere, and the room is so stuffy, and there's no ventilation so we should try and make sure we have our windows open unless you're using the ac and there's some air circulation so that the children don't don't get stuffy and also make sure there's nothing 
in the house, irritating the nose of the children. For example, some of us use like uh, mosquito coils, you know, to prevent mosquito bites. Uh, it is not helpful. It can make some children who are allergic to them to have stuffy nose. Uh, some of us use like all these insecticide um, uh, sprays or fleets, as we call them, they, to also kill mosquitoes. Some of them can also cause irritation. Some of us, we put our generator, say, sure, those of us in Nigeria, we understand that. We put it behind our rooms and it generates a lot of fumes which can enter into the room and make the house stuff. And some of them, they are not combusting well and they can generate what we call carbon monoxide, which is a very dangerous thing. So that is where you hear a situation of a complete uh, family dying overnight. Everybody died overnight because they, they sleep with their generator on. Sometimes it's because that has generated carbon monoxide. So it is something we should avoid. So try and... Uh, uh, triage what is it that is causing the stuffy nose make sure there's no the hair is there's ventilation you're not using any chemicals even some of us spraying our perfumes and all that can make some children to have stuffy nose so if we if we've done all that and then we don't know what it is that is still causing the stuffy nose i'm sure that by the time you do the initial triage maybe 50 to 75 percent of children will stop having the stuffy nose then you may need to see the doctors so that we can now begin to look for maybe rarer stuff that can cause our children to have stuff in nose. So but otherwise, let's make sure our room is well ventilated. All right. Um, another question I would like to have here is a child who is 11 weeks old, is coughing with cancer, with hoarse voice. Uh, when it cries, some place for about four days. Yes, sometimes children, when they've coughed and have cut off for long, it can affect their voice. It will be like say, they are not crying well or the voice is hoarse. Um, again, as the cough resolves, the voice will come back to normal and there's really nothing you really need to do about that. Uh, you don't need to worry. You don't need to worry to resolve. Another mom is saying her baby is three months and is having cancer. What can she do? As we have said at the beginning of the program, most of the cancer in babies around less than six months or so are due to viral infections. You don't need to do anything. All you need to do is to keep breastfeeding them exclusively. You don't need to give them water. You don't need to just keep them warm and breastfeed because like I said, those breastfeeding also protect children against all these respiratory infections. And that is all you need to do for them. Uh, all right. I've answered a lot of questions about cough and stuffy nose. Uh, I would not want to repeat those ones. Okay, I think I've answered most of the questions that I've received so far about cough and stuffy nose, and the most important things for us to know what to do. So, but if you still have any questions, like we said earlier, feel free to send your questions to us, and then we will be able to answer them. Uh, in summary, if your children have coughs and Cutter, uh, colds, um, and there's no fever, 
just watch and wait, give them lots of fluids if they are breastfeeding, exclusive breastfeeding. If they are more than six months, they can eat other food, but give them lots of water to drink, lots of fluids so that, and let them eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. Their immune system will handle it. But if it is going beyond the usual uh, more than two weeks, it's becoming chronic. And of course, you need to see a pediatrician uh, if your children has um, cough and is associated with fasts and difficulty with breathing, uh, especially with eye fever as well, the children may have pneumonia, you need to take them to the hospital. If a child is really having fast difficulty with breathing, it's an emergency. Please let's not delay in seeking help. Let's not take our time to seek help for children. It may make a difference between life and death because children, we don't want them to have what we call respiratory failure because it is the respiratory failure that can lead to uh, death of children. And this is the actual complication of all this cough and fast breathing that we don't want. And that is why we need to check with promptly. And if your child has any of the other chronic coughs, either due to asthma or bone uh, tuberculosis and all the rare stuff which I, I'm not going to mention because I'm sure um, it's not something most of us will come across. Feel free, please go to the hospital. Let the pediatrician examine your child. Let's avoid the tendency to always ask for prescription from the doctors when they have not seen our children. You know, some of us just say, my doctor, is, the doctor will just go and use this thing. It's not a good practice because we may mix children that, because one of the things we need to do when children have all these respiratory uh, symptoms is to examine their chest. And when we examine their chest, we're able to pick out signs that may help us to know which of the possible causes that I've listed is the cause of the cough in these children. So it is important that we actually go to the hospital. A lot of you send me videos of your children's breathing and you like to ask me how, what to do or what is wrong with the breathing. And I always tell you, it is difficult for us to uh, figure how the respiratory issues a child has from video. Number one, most of you send me a video of 10 to 15 seconds long. For us to even count the respiratory rates, we need to see the child breathing for one minute. Then some of you send us videos of the children fully clothed. <laughs> the nose, you are not showing their faces, you are not showing their nose, you are not showing their mouths, they are wearing clothes. I can't, we can't even see how the chest is moving. Is it moving normally or is it moving very fast? So that way there's no way we can look. So most of you just send us like audio recording of the sound your child is making. We cannot evaluate a child's breathing by the sound the child is making alone. We need to combine the sound with seeing the child fully exposed. In other words, we can no clothes on. We need to see the chest itself because if there is any dim, uh, dim, um, if the, what we call the spaces between the 
the ribs, if they are going inside, they are dipping inside, we need to see it because that will be a sign of respiratory distress. We need to see how the nose are moving, whether they are flaring. We need to see the child using mouth to breathe. We need to see whether there's any of the spaces around the neck, what we call the trachea tug and all those. We need to see those areas. So when parents send me those videos, I know that you don't understand uh, what a pediatrician is looking out for. And I, even if I see everything and you send me a video of one minute, but how will I listen to the chest of the child on the video? Because I need to listen to the chest with my stethoscope. And that is why I always recommend that you still have to take, when once it comes to respiratory issues, that child has to be seen physically by a pediatrician. We need to listen to the child because we still don't have that technology yet that will help us to listen to the child <laughs> virtually. We can count respiratory rates. We can see the the observation part of it, but the uh, auscultation, listening to the chest part of it, we cannot do it uh, virtually. So that is why we see, always have to recommend. Of course, the little we can see of the nose, on the mouth, and the chest fully exposed can still help us give you some points. At least we can tell you, oh, this child is having respiratory distress. How you go now? Or oh, the child is not having respiratory distress. If you combine that with the sound, maybe we can at least have some 50% of idea of what is going on. But beyond that, we really need to see the child. We need to listen to the chest and we need to be able to tell you, uh, okay, the chest is clear, so which is what you tend to get the doctor tell you, which means that the breathing is fine. There are no other funny noises in the chest. Or there are other funny noises telling us maybe it is asthma, telling us whether it's infection and all that. So this is why it's important that when your child has these symptoms, you really need to go to the hospital. You need to let the doctor see your child and they can recommend appropriate um management. All right. So thank you so much for joining me today. Once again, I'm Bimi Salaboyedi. I'm your pediatrician for today. And I've been talking to you about calves and colds in children. If you have any question that you think you would like me to address, you can go to our Ask the Pediatrician Facebook group, or you can send in as an email you can email me at drbimisola at axipediatricians.com and I will try and answer your questions in subsequent episodes. And if you have any particular topic of bunny interest to you that you think you would like us to talk about on this particular program, feel free to also send it either via email or to the WhatsApp number that you can see on your screen. Or for those who cannot, who are listening, you can send it to plus two three four nine zero five six one um nine zero five nine one six eight one eight okay i'll take that again our whatsapp number is plus two three four nine zero five six nine one six eight one eight or you can just send us an email which is the fastest and easiest way uh dr bimisala has asked the pediatricians.com and i'll be very happy to answer your question. Thank you so much for 
joining us and remember to share the video remember to share the link to the broadcast remember to invite your friends to listen on fresh waves radio every thursday at 10 a.m when we're going to be talking about another very interesting topic that relates to the health of our children so till then it is goodbye from me bye